Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Hey, well, welcome to week one of a sermon series that we are calling The Prayer Goats. Prayer Goats. And uh, if you don't know what the term goat means, it means greatest of all time. And we are going through a four-week series where we're going to dive into some of the greatest prayers written in this Bible. And I want to get into that in just a second. But the reason why we're doing Prayer Goats is because tomorrow, somebody say tomorrow, we kick off 21 days of prayer. Now, we have 21 days of prayer twice throughout the year of our church, once in January and here in August. We call it 21 days of prayer in August and 21 prayers of fasting in January. There's no fasting in August. We do 21 prayers, 20 days of prayer and feasting. Come on, somebody. Yeah, so you can eat your food. Let's make sure you're in the Word of God. Hey, we have these for you in the back underneath the blue tent. These are 21-day prayer journals. This is how you join in with us, okay? And they're free, okay? They're not actually free. They're in color, so they took money to print, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, but you've paid for these already through your tithes and offerings and generosity. And so they're yours to take. Make sure you grab one at the blue tent, and you can pray along with us. You can also join us by getting online on our Facebook, social media. We're going to have 60-second prayers, so no reason why you can't jump along with us. And every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for the month of August, for the next three Wednesdays, we're going to be gathering at Rollins College, Rose Memorial Chapel. It's a one-hour prayer service. I'll be there. Our team will be there. We would love to have you. And uh, so make sure you grab one of those. Uh, finally, um, we are pumped about August 24th. Say August 24th. It is team conference. And yeah, it's going to be great. We've got Pastor Aaron Burke from Radiant Church, who's one of our family members, one of our overseers. 14th or 15th fastest growing church in the United States will be with us. Be pouring into our team. If you're a dream teamer, this conference is for you. We've got a whole kids conference actually for your kids going on at the same time. Also free. So just come. If you're not on the dream team, it's a great opportunity to get connected and learn more about it. If you don't know what the dream team is, it's what we call our volunteers here. But we don't call them volunteers because that name is whack. All right. And so I've never done this before, but we're actually going to open up a sermon series with a guest speaker today. And I want to tell you a little bit about Pastor Travis Jones. Pastor Travis Jones is a friend of mine, a fellow CMN church planter. And we are so excited about what God's doing in his church. Two years ago, he planted Motivation Church in Richmond, Virginia. The church is already over 600 people. They've already got a permanent building, y'all. So y'all need to touch him, get his anointing, so we can get a building uh, over here. Um, but we're so grateful for him. He's going to bring a word today. Him and his wife, Brittany, are here, and their two daughters. And they are former natives of Orlando, even Winter Park, uh, actually. And so I told them about the culture here. I told you guys, I told them that you guys would shut them down, encourage them. So would you do me a favor and welcome him? Would you stand to your feet, put your hands together, and help me welcome Pastor Travis Jones. What's up, Johnny My goodness, guys. Come on, before you are seated, before you are seated, while you're standing, I just got to say that, man, the worship here is fire. Come on, somebody. Man, 
Have me doing a Holy Ghost two-step up here, dog. Come on. And I, you know, what I was thinking about. I was thinking about is, you know, I just love the culture that that's happening here. My favorite part is Pastor David right here. Do y'all know Pastor David, y'all? Pastor David's up front doing a stanky leg to the song, y'all. Come on, somebody. So good. Hey, I tell you what, man. Uh, people are talking about what's happening at Journey Church all around the nation, guys. I hope you know that you are a part of a move of God. What you see is not normal for the type of church that you are, right? This is not normal. It's weird, and it's all God doing his thing. And I tell you what, I am so blessed to have such a good friend as your pastor, Pastor JJ. Come on, could you get making noise for JJ? Speaking of goats, he is the preaching goat, y'all. Come on. And they asked me to come and preach, and I was said, I come to hear you preach. We Everyone comes to hear you preach, Pastor JJ, but it's an honor to be here. And I am joined uh, here with my lovely wife. She is 5'9", super fine, and all mine. Come on, somebody. Let's go. Girl, you look good today, girl. We on, we on vacation, girl. Come on. She's looking at me like, boy, you better shut up. <laughs> awesome, but it's a joy to be here. Before you see it, could you tap two people and say, get ready for God's word today. Come on. <clears throat> well, it's truly my honor to open up this series, uh, Prayer Goats. And the whole idea is that looking at scriptures and looking at a subjective, you know, a manner of looking at different prayers within the scriptures. Uh, the prayer I want to focus on may not make most people's top four or top five uh, prayers. In fact, the person I'm going to talk about today may not make, may not come to your head when it comes, when we use the word goat. You know, when I think about goat, I think about, like, obviously the meaning of it, the greatest of all time. I'm, I'm a, I'm a uh, LeBron James fan. I believe that he's the GOAT. Come on, somebody. My goodness, Orlando family. I'm, I'm from Orlando, y'all. Come on. Why y'all treat me that way? We family. Pull your chopper cow, y'all. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Anyways, um, but when I think about that, I don't think about the guy named Jonah. Right? Uh, what we know about Jonah, Jonah is someone who ran away from God, and uh, we don't know his story. In fact, we only know a, a, a glimpse of Jonah's story. And one of the, the disadvantages that uh, Bible writers, Bible authors, or characters, uh, per se, uh, one of the disadvantages they have is that we don't know the full story. So we don't know, like, the lifetime of faithfulness that Jonah had prior to this, his life becoming on the spotlight. We don't know the times where he studied under the law and studied the, the books and he was a prophet at the time, meaning that he had a great reputation. He was on point with the words of God. And in this one moment, we see a weakness in Jonah's life. And, and oftentimes what we see in, in moments like this, we kind of want to maybe put Jonah aside. But I want to focus on a prayer that he prayed. And for those who are here today, and you'll know the story of Jonah, just real quick, uh, Jonah is someone who uh, received this word from God, and God told him to go to this city, to go preach at it, 
uh, so that God can reach that city. But Jonah did not like that city, did not like the call that God gave him. And so he ran far away. In fact, the Bible says he went to a city called Tarshish, which is literally 2,500 miles away from what Jonah was called to. And he was running opposite of his call, opposite of God, and, and, and on, his, on his quest of running from God and his call, God sends a, a storm on the ship that he was on. You know, Jonah went to run away from God. He paid this fare, this money. He got on this boat. We call it an Uber, but it's really a boat, y'all. Come on, somebody. And uh, he gets Texas Uber to uh, far away, and he gets on the boat, and the storm comes. And the people on the boat was like, hey, man, we got to get you off this boat, man. You're causing a storm. So they, they throw him overboard, and the Bible says his body is floating down to the depths of the ocean. And we don't know how deep it was, but it had to be somewhat deep as, as Jonah's description of the ocean floor. And, and what we see is that Jonah then in chapter 2 of Jonah prays this prayer. And the reason why I believe that this prayer is so powerful is the context of the prayer. The context of the prayer is not some uh, prayer where, where Jonah is praying when everything is going good in his life. In fact, Jonah is praying this prayer at his darkest moment of his life. The, 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 amen, somebody, come on, come on. And, and, and Jonah, he's also praying this prayer and, and, and as he's at the, the deepest part of the ocean. Now, I grew, up in, I grew up in Miami, Florida, so I'm very familiar. I'm a Floridian. Come on, somebody, 305. And um, so I, I, I just remember, like, uh, my grandparents, they were pastors uh, at a church in Key Largo, Florida. It's about 45 minutes south of Miami. And every now and then after church or even on a Saturday, my grandparents would take us scuba diving or sometimes we would go deep diving. And, and what you learn as a diver is that the deeper you go in the ocean, the greater the pressure you experience. And, and so literally what you have to do as a diver is put on the right equipment so that you won't drown or get crushed from the pressure of the ocean. And Jonah is now at the bottom of the ocean experiencing great pressure. And today I come to talk to you because I'm not sure what your story is. I'm not sure what pressures of life that you are experiencing. But we all know that life throws us pressure. Family pressure, financial pressure, leadership pressure, expectation pressure, crazy kids type pressure. Come on, somebody. And we are all experiencing pressure. And I love that Jonah did not allow his pressure to produce complaints, but he allowed his pressure to produce a prayer. And I just want to talk to you real quick about what we do with pressure. Because we all have pressure in life. We all are experiencing all types of pressure in this life of this, this world that we live in. And so I just want to talk to you real quick because I love the context of it. Because it's this guy who's praying this prayer under such great pressure. And he's dealing with the pressure of failure. He's now being thrown over. And he's fallen. He was this great prophet of Israel. Meaning that there, there, there are lots of people looking up to him. And now he finds himself in the bottom of an ocean floor. Failure pressure. He's dealing with isolation pressure. 
Like, notice that we, he's all alone. He gets on this boat alone. We, we don't know that he went on with the, his wife or his kids or his friends. He couldn't call his, 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 his friends and say, hey, man, we, I'm running away from God. He's all alone, and the people he gets on the boat with turn their back on him and throw him overboard. Isolation pressure. And he's dealing with an uncertain future type pressure. He might die. He, he might live. And he don't know what his calling is. He's run away from God. And he's dealing with an uncertain future type pressure. And I love the context of the prayer because the context really gives the prayer the power that it is. And so I want to read to you real quick this prayer that Jonah prayed unto God. He says this, um, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed this prayer to the Lord, his God, and said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the deep realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You sent me down into the depths of the very heart of the seas, and, and the currents swelled all around about me, and your waves swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, but yet I will look again towards your holy temple." The engulfing waters threatened me uh, to the deep, uh, the deep surrounded me and wrapped around me. And I love what it says, to the roots of the mountains I sank down the earth beneath me and it barred me forever. But you, Lord my God, brought me up from the pit and when my life was ebbing away, I remember you, the Lord, the, and, and, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. To, to who cling to the worthless idols, turn away from God's love from them. But I, it says Jonah, I with shouts of grateful praise, I will sacrifice to you what I have been vowed to make good. And I will say salvation comes from the Lord. He's praying this prayer while he's in a fish, y'all. I don't know about you, but if I get swallowed by a fish... I'm not going to be praying. I'm going to be screaming and fighting somebody, y'all. Come on. I would, I'm not going to be praying. And under pressure, he produces this. And here's, what, here's the main idea of the day's sermon. And here it is. Literally, you can either allow your pressure to guide your life or you can allow your prayers to guide your pressure. I'm going to say that over again. You can either allow your pressure to guide your life or you can allow your prayers to guide your pressure. Because Jonah, he learned something in this moment. He learned that he can use the pressure for good if he wraps it in the context of prayer. And I, I want to let you know that pressure outside of prayer is dangerous, but pressure in the context of prayer is powerful, and God can use it. And no matter what pressure you're facing in this life, no matter what you're going through in this life, God can use the pressure on your life. He turns, prayer turns your pressure into power. And I know that sometimes in life, and, and you and I, we... The last thing we want to do when we're facing pressure is that the, the idea, the enemy wants us to turn our pressure into performance. Not turn your pressure into prayer. Because whenever I, just me, just being a leader of a pastor of a church and dealing with all types of drama and all that stuff, whenever I'm facing great pressure, I have the tendency to try to put things in my own hands. 
I have the tendency to say, you know what, let me work my way out of this situation. I have the tendency to try to talk my way out of a situation. I have the tendency to lead my way out of a situation. But what God say through the context of this prayer is that whenever you're facing great pressure, you need to pray yourself out of those situations. Allow your pressure to lead you to prayer and don't allow your pressure to lead you to performance. Because the enemy wants us to outperform our pressure. But the problem is, is that we will never outperform our pressure. In fact, the pressure would get so great and so mighty that it will crush us. And this is why we see so many marriages being crushed, so many dreams being crushed, so many callings being crushed, because we're trying to perform our way out of our pressure. But God says, I want you to pray your way out of your pressure. I got an illustration real quick. I want to show you something, what happens whenever you, you, whenever you wrap your prayers around your pressure. You see, like literally what I'm going to do right now is that I'm going to add pressure to this pump. And what this pump's going to do is translate my pressure into a power that's going to inflate the flat things in my life. Amen. So literally what prayer is, is you pumping. That's what prayer is. You're pumping. And what you're doing is that you're taking the pressures that you're facing in your life, financial problems, pressure, pump, marital pressure, future pressure, anxiety pressure, heartbreak pressure, singleness pressure. And what God does is that he takes your prayers and he translates your pressure in the middle of your prayers and turns it into a power that can inflate any flat thing that's not working in your life. Notice the prayer does not provide the pressure. The prayer just transfers the pressure into power. And I just want to talk to you today because I believe that some of you, you're, you're trying to outperform your way out of your pressure. And God says, I want you to pray your way out of your pressure. So I want to give you three things that Jonah did for the next 15 minutes and 34 seconds about what God can do in a prayer. I want to kind of dissect this prayer real quick. Uh, my first point, the type of prayer that Jonah prayed is that he prayed a desperate prayer. He prayed a desperate prayer. And I, I love it because we see that in this prayer, he says unto God, here's what he says in this, this one text and going back to the scripture, he says, you put me into the depths of the ocean. The seas overwhelm me. This brother was so desperate for God in that moment. And God is looking for us to pray prayers out of desperation, not out of hopelessness that we're not in a hopeless situation, but our prayers of desperation are prayers because we know the person that we're praying to can answer any pressure that we're dealing with. And so God is looking for a people who's going to pray desperate prayers, who's going to get on your knees and be faithful for 21 days in prayer, who's going to give God all that you have for 21 days. He's looking for people who are desperate in prayer. You know, the other day I was driving and um, it was 11 o'clock a.m. My, 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 my five-year-old daughter, Jada, 
she says to me, Daddy, I'm starving. And we just ate breakfast at 9 o'clock, mind you. She said, Daddy, I'm starving. It's time for lunch. I said, Jada, it's only 11 o'clock. We're going to eat lunch at 12. I got to spread out those meals, man. Summertime, man, struggle be real, man. They eat up all your food, y'all. <laughs> My goodness. They always want a snack. Always want a snack. So, 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 so anyways, um, so anyways, I was, uh, we, we, she said, Daddy, I know we need to go. I said, Jada, we're not eating right now. She said, Daddy, I know where we need to go. I said, Jada, where we need to go? She says, Daddy, we need to go to this place. And she has a love affair with this person or this place. It's called Chick-fil-A. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so we drive to Chick-fil-A, and, and uh, the line is literally wrapped around a building. That's my wife. Every time we go to this Chick-fil-A, it's always packed. And uh, I said, Jada, it's too packed, too much going on, you know, in the summer. You know, um, you know, just, hey, we got stuff to do. It's summertime, getting ready for trips and stuff like that. And she said, Daddy, we need to go to Chick-fil-A. And she looks at me, like, literally, like, she's looking at me, and she said, Daddy, it's worth the wait. So, literally, we get in line. <laughs> we get in line, and she's watching the show on her iPad. I'm in line at Chick-fil-A waiting on this sorry chicken sandwich, y'all. Come on. So anyways, we wait, we wait, we wait, we wait, and we wait, and we, we, we order, you know, whatever. And uh, she gets her food, and she's eating, and she said, Daddy, that was worth the wait. And literally, her, her desperation for a chicken sandwich said to her, said to an impatient kid who hates waiting in line, who thinks five minutes means uh, five hours, right? She's willing to wait because she's desperate for a chicken sandwich, y'all. Come on, somebody. I, I just want to let you know how many people are desperate for God. You're desperate for more in your life. You're desperate for your call in your life. It may cause you to wait. It may cause you to pray a little longer. It may cause you to, to, to watch TV a little bit less, to be on social media a little bit less. But whenever you're desperate for God, you're willing to do what you got to do to get in prayer. And I'm telling you, man, if you give yourself 21 days, these next 21 days of prayer and fasting, what God's going to do, not fasting, but feasting, y'all. Come on, somebody. Y'all can eat some four rivers. Come on, y'all give God some praise, y'all. That's, that's actually great. I'm still in that one, prayer and feasting, y'all. We're never fasting again at Motivation Church. <laughs> I, I, I just think that sometimes, like, you know, we need to get desperate before God. And here's what it is. Whenever you're desperate for God, you are eliminated of pride because you know that nothing in you can, can perform and can do what God's calling you to do. Right? And so I want to challenge you all. Let's, let's have desperate prayers. But not only did he have a desperate prayer, but he had a prayer of grace, y'all. Look, look, look what he says this in this scripture, uh, in this prayer. He says, I have said, I have, you, have, you have banished me from your sight, O God. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. I'm going to read that again. It says, you have banished me from your sight, but yet I will look again towards your holy temple. Meaning what he's really saying is that, hey, I've messed up, God. God, I've messed up. I'm in a place where I shouldn't be, God. God, I'm in the bottom of an ocean in the middle of a fish right now, God. I shouldn't be here right now. But, God, I'm going to still look towards you. Although I've made mistakes, although i got sin in my life, but, God, I'm still going to look towards you and look at your holy temple. And I want to encourage you, your prayers can be prayers of grace. Some of you think that you can approach God because you got sin in your life and you got issues in your life. But let me encourage you all today that God, 
God would say to you that you can approach him with a prayer of grace. God, I've made a mistake. God, I'm broken. God, I'm, I'm falling apart. But I will still look towards your holy temple. I will look towards you. The grace of God is so sufficient in your life. The grace of God is powerful. And God will say to you today, pray a prayer of grace over your life. Prayer, prayer of grace. I may be walking through darkness right now, but it's going to be all right. I may be in the bottom of an ocean right now, but I'm going to make it out. My marriage may be falling apart right now, but it's going to make it until the end. I, my, my life may be falling apart right now, but I'm going to get out of this. I may be in a financial hole right now, but I will climb my way out. You got to pray prayers of grace, optimist prayers, right? Prayers that says, I'm going to make it out. Prayers that says, I'm going to finish this race that God has called me to run. We got to pray prayers of grace over our lives, over our spouses, over our kids, over our homes, over our nation. Our nation is in need of prayers of grace. We may be walking through issues right now, but our nation will make it out. And I'm not one of those preachers that, oh, America, oh, we got all type of issues. Oh, this is happening. Oh, yesterday this thing happened. And all this happened. I, I'm not going to pray those type of prayers. I'm going to say prayers like, God, we may be jacked up, but God, I know we can make it out of this, God. God, we may be divided right now, but God, I know we're going to make it out of this right now, God. We got to pray prayers of grace, powerful prayers, prayers that's going to shift our focus. Notice that whenever you pray a prayer of grace, you shift your focus from your issues and shift your focus to your Savior. You see, what grace is, grace is you realizing that you don't have the power to do anything to overcome your sin, to overcome your issues. And what grace is, is grace is a focus shifter, right? And so now Jonah is not looking at the whale or the fish or the bottom of an ocean. Now his focus changed from, God, I'm at the bottom of the ocean floor. I'm, I'm looking at all the, bottom, all the bottom stuff. And what his focus now is, now I will look towards your holy temple. You see, he's not looking at the well anymore, the fish anymore. He's not looking at the bottom of the ocean anymore. He's looking towards the holy temple. He's looking towards God. And when you pray a prayer of grace, you shift your focus from your issues and turn it to your God who can deliver you from your issue. Man, you should get a hand clap of praise right there. Come on, come on. Let's thank God for his grace today. So not only did Jonah pray a prayer of desperation, and not only did he pray a prayer of grace, but he prayed a prayer of praise. Look, look, look what he says this in this scripture. <laughs> Man, I, I love this part. He says, when my life was going away, I remember you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. To those who cling to the worthless idols, turn away from God's love for them. But I, check this out, with shouts of grateful praise... I was sacrificed to you. Now, let me remind you of the context of when he's praying this prayer. He said, I'm going to, with shouts of grateful praise, I'm going to praise unto you. In his prayer, what he's saying, he's saying this prayer reminds you in the middle of a fish, y'all. There's nothing in me that will be grateful if I get swallowed by a fish, y'all. I would be so mad at God. I'd be having all type of issues with God. I'd be yelling at God. God, I serve at Journey Church. I come in every Sunday, God. I messed up one time, and you're going to send this fish to come swallow me? What about all the times I serve one and I sit one? I went to the team conference. I showed up early on a Sunday, set up and tear down. I stayed up late. I gave you all my life, and I made one choice, God, and you're going to put me in a fish? I'd be having all type of conversations with God, y'all. 
I can't stand you, God. You, oh, you're not even faithful, God. You are a sometime God. You sometime of your God. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, God. It's just my sermon, God. I promise you, Lord, I love you. They don't love you. I love you, God. <laughs> I be yelling at God. There's nothing in me that's grateful, but I love it that in the middle of his darkness, he says, I'm still going to be grateful for my situation. I, I tell you this story real quick. I was, uh, I graduated from a school that's nearby here, a school in Lakeland, Florida called Southeastern. I was, I graduated there and, uh, and uh, I, um, I, 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 um, I had all types of words from God, you know, professors and mentors in my life said, God going to use you one day, brother. God's going to touch your life one day, brother. And God's going to have you speak to hundreds. You're going to travel the world. You're going to be doing all these different things. And it's going to be amazing and great and great and great. And, and uh, I just remember I graduated from, I uh, walked across that, across that stage at Victory Church in Lakeland, Florida. And I was so pumped because I had all these words from God that he was going to use me. Then uh, we ended up, we had a ministry opportunity to move to Orlando. And, and you know, after a while, things kind of fell apart. So I had to look for a, a normal job. My wife and I had just got married, and we got an apartment on the east side of Orlando. And we were, we were, we were so pumped about life, and then the, the ministry situation fell apart. So I, I had to go on Google and look for a real job, y'all. I still had, a, I still had rent to pay, y'all. So I, I went on Google look for the job, and the first job that popped up was Home Depot in Altamont Springs, y'all. Come on, somebody. So, anyways, I applied to Home Depot, got the job, and I never, I never get. That whole season of my life, most of that season of my life, I remember just being somewhat depressed. God, you gave me a word. Now, I'm not sure what Jonah, what he was dealing with. I'm not sure what type of music in the background was playing right now. We got soft, nice music. But his music wasn't soft. It was like well or, or, or fist burp or whatever. You know, I, I'm not sure what was playing in his background. But I can only imagine the times where God was using him. The words that God and people have spoke over his life that he was going to be a prophet one day. And... And I was at working on Home Depot, and, and there's one night where my wife would tell you uh, we, I was on I-4, and I had a I had a, a red floor, a Ford Explorer sports track, and it broke down on the side of I-4 one night, and I remember breaking down crying. And this was like, you know, this is when Facebook was just getting started, so you saw everybody else highlight reels. You know what I'm talking about? You saw everybody else success stories. All my friends, uh, they were uh, they were preaching at preaching at youth camps, and they were. Uh, you pastors and God was using them and, and God had me at Home Depot, y'all. I was hashtag depressed, y'all. And uh, I was like, look at them, God, you can use them or you can use him. Did you see him in college? He went, he didn't go to no chapels. He didn't live for God at all. And you use him, God? And you can't use me, God? I was faithful to you, God. He can't preach either. You know, God, whatever. No. <laughs> hashtag salty, y'all. Hashtag petty. <laughs> Anyways, I remember being on the side of that road and um, broke down. And I, mean, I called a mentor of mine and said, man, I can't believe I'm in this season of my life, man. God put me using me. I'm working at Home Depot. And, and, and my mentor says, I want you to start praying prayers of gratefulness for Home Depot. Start being grateful for Home Depot. So I went home. I started praying for Home Depot. And God changed my heart that night. I went that next day with a new pep in my step at Home Depot. And I, I worked at, the, I worked at the, the service desk. So my job was to uh, get people to sign up for credit cards. And I got everybody in debt, y'all. Come on, somebody. I just want to say, Dave Ramsey, I'm sorry. Anyways, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, 
I just had a new motivation. Literally, when, when I start praying prayers that, God, I'm grateful for Home Depot. I'm grateful for this season. And I love that Jonah, God, I'm in a fish right now. I'm running away from my car right now. I'm far away. I'm isolated. I'm by myself. I'm, it's dark. It's lonely. But, God, I still will pray prayers of gratefulness to you. And literally, here's what happened. Look what happened. Look what happened in the Scripture when he got desperate for God. When you understand God's grace for him. And when he started being grateful, here's what the Lord says in verse 10. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Whenever you start to get desperate, whenever you start to understand God's grace, and whenever you start to be grateful in your prayer life, God will do something special and it will propel you to the next level. And you may think things in your life is flat. You may think things are not working, but you don't know that one day of prayer, on day seven of prayer and fasting, on day 14 of prayer and fasting, on day 20 on prayer and fasting, God began to use you and God began to inflate things in your life that will get to change the situation for your life. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's give God some grateful praise. Let's give God a grateful prayer today. Come on, let's give God some glory today. I'm not sure who's here today. Some of you may be drowning in your pressure today. And some of you may be overwhelmed by the pressure of your life. I'm not sure what you're walking through, but today I want to let you know that God wants to turn your pressure into power today. God's going to turn the very thing that seems to be crushing you. It's going to be the very thing that's going to propel you into your calling today. He's going to do it today. Man, once you commit to 21 days of prayer, once you commit to giving God 21 days in this next season of your life and and you might be here today and you need to say yes to God for the first time. Or you might be here today and you say yes to God for the first time in a long time. You need to rededicate your life to God. And I want to let you know that Jonah was drowning in the pressure of his sin, in the pressure of life. He was drowning. And the Bible said the Lord provided a large fish. And we think that that fish was a punishment from God, but actually that fish was a provision from God to rescue him from the pressure that he was dealing with. And I want to let you know that there's a Savior named Jesus. When you were drowning from the pressures of life, when you were drowning from your sin, he came in and he rescued you. He came in and he swept you up for three days and three nights. Come on, let's give God some glory. I want to pray over you today. You want to make that choice to follow God. The pressure is overwhelming you. The sin is overwhelming you today, but he can rescue you from the oppression. Would you all lift your hands and pray with me? Father, thank you for every soul here today, God. God, would you allow us to tap into this power of prayer? Because in prayer, you turn pressure into power, God. You're going to do something great in our lives, great in Journey Church. Thank you for what you're doing here. I pray a blessing on those who are saying yes to you today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. If you made that decision very important for us, would you let us know, and very important for you, that you made that decision. Behind me, you're going to see a number that you can text. Text JOURNEY to 55498. We just want to know that you made that decision. Here's why. We want to send you some resources, and we want to walk with you. Do not go on this journey alone. Or 
you can rip off that blue piece of paper that you were handed and just check that box. I have decided to follow Jesus and put it in the offering bucket when it gets passed in just a moment. Come on. How many people thank God for that word that Pastor Travis spoke? We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.